Before we get going this week, I thought I'd just remind you that I'm a certified business strategist who's been in property for over 25 years. I know my clients shortcut their success by being laser focused through strategy and mentoring, as no one business model fits us all because funding, geography, skill set, it all plays a part in deciding what works for you. Getting it wrong can definitely damage your wealth. If you're serious about property, then your first step is a call with me. Nothing more difficult than following the link in the show notes to book it. Hello, and welcome to the Property Solopreneur podcast, a show for property investors and developers who want to build and grow their own profitable businesses. I'm sharing with you my decades of property experience and interviewing many other successful property people who are happy to share their varied and priceless knowledge freely. Business doesn't need to be hard, and nor do you need to be lucky. But as a certified strategist, I know you need a plan to work to. And a good start is by listening to other people's successes and failures. Why reinvent the wheel? This allows us to have a more in-depth knowledge of the wider property world. Welcome to this week's episode of the Property Solopreneur. Solo one this week. I've had lots of feedback about my guests. Now, some people absolutely love hearing guests talk about how well they've done, the problems they've solved, how quickly they've done it. And that has been a great source of inspiration for some of my listeners. Others, however, have gone, oh, I'm just so depressed. I mean, you know, uh, they don't. these people don't seem to have achieved, uh, had any of the problems that I had. They seem to finding investors easy. Uh, their days flow simply. And frankly, it all becomes a little bit much. So I thought I'd just remind us all that we are solopreneurs. And for those of us who are working on our own, with or without outsourced workers, it really is going to take longer for us to achieve some of the stuff we need to do than someone who's got a large team. Because a large team doesn't have to be hundreds. Some people's teams are one or two people, perhaps four. Well, just think what one dedicated person could achieve in a day that you can't. And then you realize that, yes, as a solopreneur, we really do have to be kind to ourselves and realize that we've only got hours, not a whole day to sort something out. If it is your job to do social media, then you're going to be doing it all. You're going to be all over it for a whole day. In fact, you're going to be fired up with it. You're just going to eat and breathe it. Well, hang on a second. We're property solopreneurs. We're breathing property. That's what really lights us up. But unfortunately, we do have to be our own cooks and bottle washers, to use a phrase. But hang on, that's what we wanted, wasn't it? We we wanted to work on our own. We must, must keep reminding ourselves this. Because if we wanted to build an empire, well, yeah, we're all capable of hiring people and we'd all be sitting in our kitchens or wherever we are, surrounded by our minions or waiting for our instructions and to be paid. That's not us, is it? So I think there are five very distinct areas that we've got to master as solopreneurs. And actually, none of them have got anything to do with what our business is really about. But they are absolutely vital that we keep them completely under control and that we do them because otherwise we won't have a business. Firstly, and this one is not everyone's best idea for having fun, is you've got to be your best marketer, you know, because without investors, without funders, without the estate agent thinking you are the best thing since sliced bread, you are not going to have a business. You're just going to have something that's costing you money, frankly, to keep going because with the best one in the world, tech costs money. Even, for instance, having Zoom that I work on 
all the time. That has a cost implication because it's a professional system and it's not free because otherwise it, it would cut me off after 40 minutes. So you've got to have a business. And if it isn't making money, it's a hobby, even if it's fun and taking up every single moment and it's lighting up your fire. It doesn't matter. You have got to be marketing. Now, even if you're the most retiring wallflower, and incidentally, there are some very quiet and very shy people working in property. It's not all very loud vessels, you know, making lots of noises. If you're a quiet person, an introvert, someone who doesn't really like working with people, then you've got to have a marketing plan that you can deliver. It's no good writing a marketing plan and whilst you're thinking it sounds great, knowing that you really can't deliver it. Some people are absolutely everywhere on social media. You know, you can't open a platform without a post from them popping up. It's going to be, of course, one of those amazing carousels that's telling you really amazing things. And then, of course, they've got the reels that are beautifully produced where they do all sorts of things. And then they've got stories that seem to be populating, you know, their storylines every single day. Lots of stuff just constantly telling us how marvellous they are and what they're up to. Well, if you're not that way inclined, A, you're going to find that really, really annoying. But secondly, you are going to find yourself curling away from it very fast. And then you'll end up being completely invisible. If you are a wallflower, you need to be invisibly visible. You need to have a strategic and targeted marketing plan that doesn't involve you being everywhere, you know, doing the stuff, as I say, that makes you want to curl up into a ball and want to hide. It's got to be something that gets you out there Make sure your in, your investors see you and know what you're about, but doesn't actually stop you from working and doesn't make you feel so ill you can't do it. So in order to do that, you've got to be the second thing, which is be your own manager. Now, managers set KPIs, and that means that you can hit your targets. So you've got to do that. You've got to set some KPIs. I'm quite often amazed by the fact that a lot of people they love the idea of doing the work. They love the idea of having a property business and, you know, vaguely talk about, well, I want to do four houses this year or whatever. But they haven't broken it down. They haven't said, right, okay, my KPIs in order to do this is I have got to speak to this number of agents every week. I have got to make sure that I'm out at this number of networking meetings and that I've met this number of new people and I've rung them back and I've contacted them. All these little tiny things that they're doing enough of to make sure that they can do the big thing. Managers, you know, they interrogate the figures to know what the spreadsheets actually mean. Most importantly, by interrogating the figures, they can tell you that you're doing the stuff that moves the needle, make, keep the money coming in, creates the long-term wealth. Because if you don't be your own manager, absolutely making sure the reins are kept tight, well, I know it's all too easy to spend a day achieving the square root of diddly squat because what you're doing is fun. What you're doing is you love but it actually may not be vital. And a manager looking at the KPIs will be going, that's great, but have you done the following? My son works for one of the really big major state agents, sells country houses, and they have very, very strong KPIs. And at set times of the year, they can really incentivize them to do all sorts of things that they think are impossible. And that is one of the fun things. It makes it fun. It makes the numbers jump off the boards at you. And to be quite honest, they can make him do things that I didn't think was possible. And I've known him for 30 years. So I am a great believer in KPIs. I think they work. So 
of course, whilst you're doing this, whilst you're doing the thing, actioning the plan that you've written, the marketplace has had a very different memo. And suddenly what was working smoothly doesn't work at all. And so, yes, time to pivot and change. So you've got to be an innovator. You cannot just go, I set my business up to run like this. I have the perfect system. Well, you may have the perfect system, but you're working and operating in a market that constantly moves and changes. There are so many different things affecting it. So you've got to be an innovator. You've got to go, I'm now going to change how I do something. When I first started in property, I had the internet, but it was dial-up. And for some of you who've never had dial-up, you have no idea how frustrating that was. We didn't work on email because you'd be halfway through writing an email and that everything would drop off. We wrote everything, usually by letter or fax. I loved my fax machine. But neither of those systems work now. Now, it's no good me going, well, actually, do you know, I really like the fax. I find it convenient. It really works for me. It may work for me. It doesn't work for everyone I'm interacting with. They are the important people. So I have learned to innovate. I've learned to change what I'm doing because you've got to find the way of making sure you can constantly get to your goal. And I don't think innovation in your business is something you can outsource because no one knows your business like you. Now, you can work with a strategist or have someone like me to make sure you've got a plan, both long and short. But at the end of the decision time, at the end of all this brain dump and conversations about how and what and the source literally going through everything you do, you have to make the decision about your direction of travel. And sometimes, again, this is the next point, you may think that your business is driven by funding, by the interest rates and what the finance companies can offer. But every solopreneur has got to be their own finance director. They have got to make sure that they've created the long-term plan. It's almost like having alter egos. What is the finance director telling me I can do? What is the plan for long-term pay down? And incidentally, I heard a very big cheese in the property market last week answering a question and was slightly nonplussed and said, but the stuff I bought 20 years ago, that has been paid down because I'm concentrating on today's debt and today's you know, expansion. I don't need to be just running along year after year, just accumulating more and more debt when actually I've got phenomenal cash flow coming in and I can do something with it. These are decisions that you have to make as the, C- as the financial director. And little things that you may think are just a little snap decision will make incredible differences to your business. For instance, is your path going to be built on joint ventures? I've got clients who've never, ever borrowed money from people, not interested in it. They like joint ventures because it's in and out in a set amount of time. Yes, they know they're going to have to deal with people, but that is something they're prepared to do for five years in order to have the long-term wealth, you know, short-term pain for long-term gain. Then there are others who I work with who don't like borrowing money, hate joint ventures. But my word, brilliant at sourcing. They use the sourcing to be their expansion plan banker. It doesn't matter which way you do it. You just have to know what avenue you're taking and make the decision and then write the plan. And so having done all those things, you've been the innovator, you've been the finance director, you make sure you're your own manager, you are marketing furiously. You've got to be your own cheerleader because at some point, one of those things is going to be really overwhelming and just going to think, it's not happening. It's not happening. I don't know why everyone else can do it, but I can't. And the cheerleader in you makes sure that you can keep going when times are tough. 
You're doing the right tasks. You know you are, but it really is like wading through treacle. So the cheerleader in you needs to negate the bruised ego when you've been put down. Oh, my word. I can't tell you the number of times I've seen put downs at networking events. There are some, frankly, with certain people who go to them that need to have a health warning. You You will come out feeling bruised if you go to this meeting. Some people, I think, have gold medals in put downs and backhanded compliments that really do stop the less confident in their tracks. So you've got to be able to leave any kind of meeting or networking event or even just a boring day on your own and put yourself back into the right place. Get the oomph back into you and keep going. Because we've all had days when, frankly, the duvet and no work seems much more appealing than knowing that the first 90 minutes of this lovely day, because the sun is shining outside, is going to be spent with Mr. Excel spreadsheet or perhaps your arch enemy, the Instagram algorithm, both of which you'd rather not do. But the cheerleader is going to make sure that you are you know, high-fiving and getting yourself psyched up so that actually you just know 90 minutes of that is going to put you in the right place for the rest of the day or the week. It's actually, I think, very difficult to be good at all this stuff, particularly if you come to being self-employed or a sole trader or a solopreneur from a career in corporate at whatever level, where whenever, you know, if you had a bad day in corporate, you could go and hide somewhere. You could do the bare minimum. You can't do the bare minimum when you work for yourself. You can't go, do you know, hate social media, not going to do it. You know, you can't go, oh, KPIs, oh, I don't like, I don't like being pinned down. Well, you know, wise up. You are running your own business. You've got to do all this stuff. I work with clients who need to ensure all the things that I've been talking about are working in their companies so they can get on with the property work. Because having just said all these things, you may think, hang on a second, Rachel, where's the property? Well, Property is the fun bit, the bit that you came in for. But this is the stuff I've been talking about. This is the reality. This is about running a business. And you can do amazing things in property, but still fail if your back end, which is your business, isn't up to doing what you want to do. I have worked with so many talented builders who can do amazing things, but they go bust halfway through doing whatever it is I'm doing with them. Why? Because they've not done all this behind the scenes stuff. They're not great marketers. They haven't got their manager. They're just doing what they feel is important, which is picking up their tools and coming to work and creating something and being paid for it. But they can't do the cash flow. They can't do the forecasting. They can't get the next job. And that's the same for us. We just have to be on top of all these things. And that's what I help clients do. I've got clients who've gone from having no investors at all, or basically knocking on investors' doors and getting no response, to having a few key people who've invested seven figures in them. You know, they've created together with me a visibility plan that aligns with their values, no one else's, and that they feel really comfortable delivering. Some people need an in-depth strategy session where we can just unpick absolutely everything and again get the end goal in place and reverse engineer it. So a really deliverable plan emerges with KPIs, understanding what you've got to do. And other people have chips on their shoulders. They need to get those horrible chimps banished so that they are just focusing on what matters, not hearing all the negativity from the outside and making sure they don't get distracted by the shiny penny syndrome because, and people know that they fall into this category. They go to networking meetings, hurrah, because that's where they're going to find people that are going to help them. But they hear the talk at the front of the room and it's all about something terribly exciting. And if the person at the front of the room seems to be earning so much money 
effortlessly. And they come back to me the next week or whatever and say, this is what I'm going to do. I've changed my mind. And we have to go, stop. Let's go back to our core values. Let's go back to what you wanted. You said you couldn't do whatever it is you're doing because you're in the wrong place. It takes you three hours to get to your workplace. Or you know perfectly well you haven't got time to do whatever it is they're doing. It's That's how I work with people, making sure that they create a business that works for them. Well, whatever the problem, go to my website, racheltroughton.com. And don't forget, I spell my name R-A-C-H-A-E-L and book a free call with me. And let's see how I can help. And let's see how we can get your business doing exactly what it needs to do. You can, of course, also find me via my social media links and find LinkedIn. They're all in the show notes below. Now, it's been a short episode this week. But one I think that's really important for those of us who are working on our own, because we've got to master all this, be aware of what we could do better. And it's not a case, frankly, of being at school where you get told what you're bad at and you must go and revise it and get better at it. Because this is the marvellous thing about running your own business. If you're bad at something, unless it's a core activity, you can outsource it. Or you can come and work with someone like me to learn how to nail the stuff you find difficult. If we've got all these things working well, when we hear that inspirational guest that resonates with us, or perhaps we go to a networking meeting and have an attack of business envy. I think if you know you've got all these things working correctly, you'll just feel a lot more confident about what you're doing and know in your heart of hearts that your pathway to success is right and achievable for you. Thank you for listening to The Property Solopreneur with me, Rachel Troughton. If you've enjoyed this episode, do hit subscribe and kindly leave a review and share this podcast with anyone you think it would help on their property journey. If you'd like to get hold of my guide for building a successful property business, go to racheltroughton.com forward slash checklist. We only live one life. So let's get your dream a reality through building a profitable property business. If you found my stories inspiring and my content useful, then come find out more about my mentoring and strategy sessions by going to www.racheltroughton.com and book a discovery call with me. The banner link is on every page. Come and create and grow your own property business. That's the shortcut to success.